some good things. Amen? I bet we all have some testimonies already for the new year of what God's doing, what he's going to do, and what he's going to continue to do. He's already started answering prayer for people. Thank God. That's, that's a good thing. God answers prayer. Amen. God answers prayer. When we ask him something, he said, if you'll call on me, I'll hear you. I'll listen to you, and I'll do it. So thank God for the power of God today. Amen. <clears throat> Fat and announce, we're, we've been, I've been praying about when to begin this series, and, and uh, I'm not going to try to give it all to you at once. <laughs> I, I don't, don't want to gag you, you know. <laughs> but but we, need, we understand, I think everybody understands where we're at in the timeline of God's prophecies. <clears throat> we're in the end time. I said, we're in the beginning of the end time. We're, we're there. This is what we have preached about, what people have talked about. And we're there right now. The beginning of the end. Jesus made a statement in Matthew 24, verse 3. <clears throat> he he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, I want you to notice here what the disciples are concerned about in the very beginning of the church age. Now, remember, this is the beginning of the church age because now then, Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven, present his blood for the sacrifice. For the disciples' concern, what shall be the signs of your coming and the end of the world? Now, it wasn't the first coming that they were concerned about because he was already born and they had received him as Christ the Savior, the Lord. But he also said that he would leave and come again. Isn't that what the Lord said? He said, I'm going to go back and I'll come back again. Because this, God keeps his word and God's going to keep his word. But they wanted to know what would be the sign of thy coming and they added a little something on there and the end of the world. At the end of the world. We have to understand, life is not going to go on forever in this earth as we see it now. There comes a time when it stops. And, you know, we have to, we have to be prepared for that. Now, I, I don't believe we should be in, in a, a state of uh, denial of the fact, you know, we still need to make provisions for the future. We still need to plan ahead. We still need to make plans for our children, our grandchildren. I, there's nothing wrong with planning ahead, but just don't let those plans get ahead of God's big plan. And God's big plan is Jesus is coming back. That's the big plan of the Lord. And another big plan of his is the end of this world as we know it today. The end of this world. Because what did the Bible say? He's going to create a new heavens and a new earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And thank God we're going to see the things of God performed. But when shall these things be? Jesus went on to say in that chapter, he said, don't worry about the times or the seasons. Don't, 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 don't let this be forethought, the forethought in your mind, you know, the, the, the foremost thing in your mind that you're, you're concerned about the timing of everything. You know what we need to do? Be prepared. Some people want to wait till the catastrophe hits before they get right with God. That happened on 9-11. Churches filled up all over America. Probably all over the world, but especially in America. But because of the tragedy that happened. But it wasn't too long after that, they began to empty out again. Because what happens is, their heart wasn't in it. Their fear motivation was in it. And fear, because many of them had been raised in the, under the gospel and under the teachings of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord was there, thank God for that. But the thing is, it didn't last. And it doesn't last unless you make a commitment to God. God's looking for someone to make a commitment. We've got to make a commitment to God all the way to the end. When things are good, when things are bad. When things aren't so good, when things are good, when things are bad. Amen. Because we're going to have ups and downs in this life but Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but Lord, with you always, even to the end. So God's with us all the way. Praise the Lord. And we need to just thank God for that. 
that the Lord said. But this question has been in the minds of followers of Christ since 30 A.D. This is when Jesus was actually, he only served three, he only ministered about three and a half years on this earth of his time. And about 30 A.D., they begin to ask these questions about the end time. But listen, Jesus is going to return. Some people have given up the hope of the return of the Lord. They've given up of that expectation of the coming of the Lord. I believe we need to live in a state of expectancy. That Jesus is coming. No man knows the hour, nor the day, nor the time, nor anything like that. No man can pinpoint it down to that time. We can begin to pinpoint the uh, events that are happening and correlate that with the prophecies that in the Word of God. But nobody knows the day or the hour. It's going to come just like that in the moment of the twinkling of an eye. And that's why people are going to have to be prepared and be ready all the time. Praise God. I, I tell you, uh, I, I've never, I, have you ever seen such a backslidden generation? I'm talking about a backslidden generation. Uh, the gospel's not even preached in a lot of churches. They've got the woke philosophy going now. And, uh, and I tell you what, how can people be so... Uh, I guess deceived in their thinking, in their mind, people that know the Lord, even people that have known God in a real way have turned away from this. But listen, that doesn't mean that we have to follow suit. Amen. We're going to go forward in the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to keep hanging on to the Word of God, the promise of God. It doesn't matter what others believe or not. I believe it. And, it, and that's the main thing. You have to believe it for yourself. And you have to believe that Jesus is coming. And we have to be prepared for that today. And we have to be ready for it. But look what Jesus said. And, and uh, he, he told them, he said, now regarding it, these, the times and all of this is not in your concern. God's got it all in his concern. But Jesus did tell them, on down, and as we, and I'm not going to read all of those to you, but as he did come down, he, he began, they wanted to know some of the signs. He said, well, I'll tell you some of the signs. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be killed. You're going to be beheaded. I mean, he was telling the truth. They're going to persecute you for my name's sake. Now, a lot of them didn't want to hear that. A lot of them didn't want to hear that kind of talk. Because they thought, boy, he's just going to set up his kingdom. And we're going to rule this earth and rule and reign with a, with a rod of iron. Boy, we're going, to be in, we're going to be the top boss. Hallelujah. Because you know what? If that's your attitude, you're not going to make it too far anyway. You, got, you can't have that attitude in church. You can't have that attitude that I'm holier than thou. You can't have that attitude that I'm smarter than anybody. You can't have that attitude that I'm more spiritual than everybody. No, we just have to be us and be what God's called us to be. Let God work through us in everything that God has spoken. Amen? But listen, it's going to come to an end. God's end time clock has begun to tick. We're, you know what? You're a blessed generation to be in this end time. You look back through history, uh, through the wars, World War I, uh, that was a de devastating war. World War II got people really looking at the fact, hey, what's going on here? You know, you know there's things happening in this world. And uh, people kept going. JFK, John Kennedy was assassinated on the streets of Dallas. And what a horror that was. I mean, people would get, listen, when, when you see something like that coming close to home, you hear about it in other countries, but when it comes close to home, something happens in the hearts of people here. Because that is our political leader. That was the President of the United States. And he was assassinated on the streets. And it was a planned plot and a coup that did it, you know. But the thing is, God is still in charge. Amen. But we're not going to let that under that we're not going to let that uproot our faith, our root system. Amen. 
Our faith is in God, not in man. It's not in a system. It's not in a political system. It's, it's not even in, in the greatest leaders that we've had. You, you can't put your faith in man. It's got to be in God. God is wanting to do it all. Amen? But we're going we're gonna to identify two crucial terms here in the end times. First one is called end times. And that clock has begun to tick already. The end times. The end times actually started when they crucified Jesus. And all of this began to lead up to end times, even though it's been several thousand years. But you see, the thing is, God has a timetable and a time clock, but the end times prophecies are abounding, and uh, the aspect of particularly the, the uh, starting point of the end times. We're, we're beginning to see things unravel and puzzles um, being made clear to what, where each piece is going. We, we can see what God is doing. And we know that God is getting ready to do something big. And then there's another phrase that's the uh, it's called the seventieth week. You know the Daniel's Daniel's vision that he had, and the seventy weeks that were there, and which refers specifically to the final seven years of the uh, of this era of human history. That the seventieth week actually is in reference to the last seven years of this era, as we know that that is called the Great Tribulation. We're up on that. We're up on that time. And God's people need to be aware that Jesus is going to keep his word. And this thing is going to be fulfilled. It's going to be wrapped up. And one day, the trump of God is going to sound. Amen? And God's victory is going to be ours. But let's take a look at this 70th week for just a moment. The final seven years of this year of human history. And uh, over in Daniel... Well, Nehemiah, actually, uh, Daniel tells of the 490 years beginning when the command to build Jerusalem is issued. Uh, and this period began in 444 B.C. when the Persian king Artaxerxes issued a decree to Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. This is actually when this era began. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I have never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the Lord live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? The king said to me, What do you request? He said, So I prayed, uh, uh, to the God of heaven, I said to the king, if it please the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tomb, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen who sent him beside me, uh, how long will you journey be and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me and I sent him a time. I sent him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the uh, keeper of the king's forest, that he must give the timber to make uh, beams for the gates of the uh, citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted him them to him uh, 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 to me according to the good hand of my God up on me. Now the 490 years will end at the return of Christ. Now this was a time that God was speaking here in the Old Testament and uh, uh, the Persian king uh, told, uh, gave a decree to Nehemiah to rebuild the temple. To rebuild the temple. Now remember the temple had been destroyed. Had been destroyed. Now, did, you know, did you know they want to rebuild, they want to tear down the temple again. They, they, the Antichrist system wants to tear it down. Uh, they, they don't they don't want to keep anything that's going to remind them of God, you know, and what God is. But listen, the 490 years will end at the return of Christ. There's 490 years in this prophecy that uh, Daniel saw. And there, there was a break in this prophetic timeline. At the end of the 69th week, the 483rd year, Daniel revealed the Messiah would be cut off. And it said, look, Daniel 9, 28, after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. 
but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to become, who is to come, shall destroy the city of the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. And this is speaking of Christ's crucifixion here. The crucifixion of the Lord was important. Did you know that was important for the era and the timing of everything that God was doing? The crucifixion of the Lord and what Jesus did. And uh, the 70th week, there, there are 69 sevens, so that's 483 years. And so this is why they, they talk about the 490 years have been fulfilled. The 70th week, the final seven years, is on hold. It's awaiting for the fulfillment. And we're getting ready. To, we're, we're in the process of seeing this final phase of the end time develop right before our eyes. We're right here in the middle of it all. And we're going to start seeing some things begin to take place. And this event, uh, it confirms the peace covenant between Israel and the Antichrist. Now listen, we've seen some peace treaties with Israel, but we haven't seen a peace treaty between Israel and the Antichrist yet. Israel is still the target of the devil. He's hated Israel from the very beginning when God created and formed it through Abraham and God began to get to, to let them multiply in the land and become what God called them to. The devil has hated that ever since. But I'm going to tell you something. When this event, it's, it's, it's a confirming of the peace covenant between Israel and the Antichrist. Now, we've seen some tremendous peace treaties forged we saw two of them done during Donald Trump. And now then, they're not very concerned about peace treaties, you know, but that's okay because God's in charge, not man. And look what it says in Daniel 9, 27, that he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall break an end of the sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. And this this all leads up to the end. This all leads up to the end. And we know the 70th week has not yet begun. Not yet. But it's on the verge. The 70th week is on the verge. The world leader, who is the Antichrist, and let me just kind of input this in. This is just my take on a lot of things. But we've seen all of these things building up to what we're seeing happening in the world today. We saw in World War One, President Woodrow Wilson wanted to make a uh, League of Nations. They formed that. Then in, uh, after the World War Two, Franklin Roosevelt and all of these people began to make the United Nations to, uh, to be formed and to be made. And we, we've seen that happen. Now listen. Did you know the United Nations has a big say-so over the whole world? It really does. Because when you're, you're, when you're united with them, you're going to go by their rules. The United Nations, they haven't showed their big hand yet, but it will show. You can just mark it down. But listen, what, what, God's still on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. But we're seeing the formation of this thing. We're seeing people. How many knows if you put your water, uh, your hand in hot water, before long you leave it there long enough, you're, you don't feel the hot. It just begins to get a little lukewarm and, and all of that. And, and, and before long you're just used to it. This is what's happening in our world today. Little by little, we're getting scalded. Our hands have been put in the hot water, and boy, does it hurt. But if we leave it there longer and longer and longer, we get used to the situation and the temperature and what's going on. And this is why God is saying we have to be aware of the times we're in. Be aware of what, where we're at and where we are right now. But listen, <laughs> this though 70 weeks has not yet begun. The world leader has not risen yet, not revealed anyway. Now, I believe he's alive, but he's not been revealed. Who's that going to be? Who knows? I mean, you've all, 
you've heard all kinds of things from false prophets through the years. Uh, President Kennedy, when he was shot, was wounded in the head. And uh, they were prophesying, said he was going to come back from the dead and rise up and, and do this. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Amen? Because that's not God's plan. That's not God's plan. All kinds of stories get out there. All kinds of plots are out there. But I tell you what, what we got to do is just keep our eyes on the Word, keep our heart tuned with the Spirit, and when you begin to hear things on the news, see if it lines up with the Word of God. And as you begin to watch, but Israel is the key to the whole thing. Israel is the key to Bible prophecy. Israel didn't even have a place to lay their head because God prophesied it to them because of their rebellion against him that they would be scattered throughout the world. And they were scattered throughout the world. But I want to tell you something. When God began to move and God began to bring them back, and God began to do things. Now Israel, Israel is a, in the Old Testament, as you knew Israel, they, they forsook God. They, they, forsake, they forsook the things of God and they followed after idols. They followed after other religions and, and other things that was not godly. They followed after all of those things because that's, 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 just, some, that's just the way they are. You know, they just follow after it. I tell you what, it, it behooves you and I. Don't swallow every prophetic word out of a man's mouth. Let the Holy Spirit in you discern whether it's of God or not. Amen? I don't want to be, I don't want to be held as one of those false prophets. There, there's a bad day coming for false prophets. And I don't want to be a part of a false prophet regime. Amen? But you know we can study the Word and let the Word of God show us what God's doing. But it will happen. And uh, we just need to understand what God is saying. Look at Jeremiah 30, 10 and 11. Therefore do not fear, O my servant Jacob, says the Lord, nor be dismayed, O Israel. For behold, I will save you from afar and your seed from the land, from the captivity. Jacob shall return I have and have rest and be quiet. And no one shall make him afraid, for I am with you, says the Lord, to save you. Though I make it a full end of all nations, when I, where I have scattered you, yet I will not make a complete end of you. But I will correct you in justice, and will not let you go altogether unpunished. For thus says the Lord, your affliction is incurable, and your wound is severe. Israel had forsaken the living God. They had forsaken the living God. But see, there's always a remnant. Aren't you glad for a remnant? There's always a remnant that still seek after God. There's a remnant of Israel that still sought after God. Ezekiel 37 and 38. As you begin to read that prophetic uh, writings there of Ezekiel about the bones, the dead, the, the dry bones in the, in, in the uh, gully there. Uh, but these were soldiers. These were Israeli soldiers that had fought and they had been defeated. And their, their, their flesh had decayed off of them. And, and their bodies had been uh, the, the sockets, arms out of sockets, and every pieces of their skeleton in different places. But you know what God said? He asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, Lord, thou knowest that. He said, I'm asking you, can these bones live? And he said, prophesy unto these bones. Prophesy to these bones. Ezekiel had to prophesy the word of the Lord. And as he prophesied the word of the Lord, the prophetic word of God, from God, to those dead bones, these were soldiers that had done their job, but they had lost. And they had, they had been uh, dismantled physically and all of this, you know. But God said, this is Israel. But I'm going to raise Israel back up. And they're going to be an exceedingly great and mighty army. Hallelujah. That's the word from the Lord. Israel's no accident. What's happening in Israel is no accident. It's all on purpose. God has a purpose for it all. And God is going to get his purpose fulfilled. And we need to understand, when, what, when you, you need to keep your eyes on Israel over there 
Because God's getting ready to do some big things. But you know what? We're going to see some bad things happen in Israel before the end of the time and before the end of the, uh, before the coming of the Lord. We're going to see some of these things begin to take place. And we need to understand, don't fear. Because you ought to just start getting excited about that time because you lift up your eyes. Your redemption draws nigh. Amen. And God is on the, he's getting ready to wind this thing up. But Israel is, is, is favored of God, still favored of God. But there's going to come a treaty that we'll see. And we'll, we'll begin to notice this treaty when someone starts coming and saying, peace, peace, peace. The Lord said when, when they say peace, peace, there'll be sudden destruction. But the peace treaty that is made with Israel is through deception. And it's through the Antichrist. And I'm telling you, when that happens, and they destroy and make sacrilege of the sacrifices that... By the way, Israel's getting ready to make... Uh, I'm talking about the Orthodox Jews. You've got Jews that are born as a Jewish person that's not part of the Orthodox Jews. They're not part of the religious segment. Then you've got your normal... <laughs> we went over to... We, we flew to Israel the first time. We flew into Tel Aviv, and then we had to go over to Jerusalem. And what a what a difference from Jerusalem, or from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Tel Aviv looked just like New York City, or Hollywood, or, or any of the big cities, you know, with all the discos and all of the... Everything going on there. And you say, well, dear Lord... I thought this was a godly country. But no, then you go over into the old city, and that's where your Orthodox Jews are. And they still believe. And they still believe God. Now, that doesn't mean those young Jewish people that's over in, in the new city now, you know, and all the new stuff going on, God can get a hold of them too. Because Jesus died and redeemed all of us, and they can all be saved. And there is a revival going on amongst the youth and the younger people over there right now that that uh, uh, people are getting saved and born again. Praise the Lord! And I mean, they're they're realizing that this the the life they have is not the life God wants them to have, and they're going to they're seeking the Lord, and God is revealing Himself as a Messiah to them. See, just just as the Arabs have to have Jesus to reveal Himself sometimes in a vision to them, sometimes the Jews have to have Jesus to reveal Himself to them. I'm talking about Orthodox thinking Jews. They have to have Jesus reveal himself to them also. So, listen, I don't know about you. I would welcome a revelation of Jesus to come in my room <laughs> and say, hey, son, I just want to tell you some things. But listen, it, it's God's power is real. And the, and the power of God is real. And there's another thing that as we get into this, you know, replacement theology has been an errant belief. Uh, when I say repli replacement th theology, that's uh, promises made to Israel were transferred to the church. There's things made to Israel that's not transferred to the church. In the spirit realm, but not in the physical realm. We don't live in Israel. We're not there. But God's made some promises for their physical uh, surrounding, their, where, they, where they abide, where they live. God's made promises to them on that. But we have, we have, we, we've made these, uh, uh, there's been some erroneous things transferring because that's not what it is. When Jesus died, he died for the whole world. Now the gospel came to the Jew first. Then to the Gentiles. The Jews refused it as a whole. Not all of them, but as a whole. And because of that, we saw the church. And the church became made up of Gentiles and the Jewish. There was a mixture. How many knows that there's a mixture? Well, it's only a mixture because of our nationalities or where we were born or where we were raised and that thing. But you see, the thing is, it's the same God, it's the same Lord, Amen. same Jesus, same blood that redeemed us all. But there's, there's Jews that are being born again. 
born again. We had a lady that we knew up in Massachusetts that was Jewish. She was born, she was born as a Jew. And uh, when she got born again, her parents and all her family divorced her and shunned her and would have nothing to do with her because of their Jewish religion and tradition. Now, in the sense that God's, God, God has overshadowed all that. He died for every man, every woman, every religion, every person, regardless of where they are. He died so that we all could be born again and be saved. But what I'm saying is, there's still some traditional Judaism that is still anti, I don't want to say anti-Christ, but it's against the Christ because they don't believe that the Messiah has come like this. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? But you know what? God's still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. Can you say amen? amen? But the replacement theology is not good. Look what Paul said in Romans 1, 15 through 17. He said, so much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for, for the Greek, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, and is written, the just shall live by faith, shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But it came for the Jew first, and then also for the Greek. See, we, we were kind of the ones that kind of latched on and received the benefits of the, of the new covenant that God was creating and what God was doing with us. But it's for the Jew first. Look at uh, Acts 26, 23. That the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and he would proclaim light to the Jews and uh, Jewish people and to the Gentiles. And God so loved the world. John 3, 16. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should perish, but all should have everlasting life. For God sent him his son unto the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He came to get us all saved. For God so loved the world. Now, you know, we need to understand, Jesus loved the world, the people, the human race. And he came to redeem us. But the promise was made to the Jews first. And then we got grafted into this thing, and we have received all that God has for us. Isn't that exciting? Amen. I, don't shout me down because I'm doing so good. Now listen, John 3.16 says, Whoever believes shall be saved. We were grafted in through that. But we do know that God does not lie. Everybody say God does not lie. He can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. God does not lie. And the promises he made with Israel in the beginning will be fulfilled. Everything God spoke of in the beginning with Israel will be fulfilled. Things that have not happened yet will be fulfilled. Ezekiel 37, 38 is going to come alive. Praise God, it's going to come alive. And we're going to see an exceeding great army rise up for God out of this situation. Now, you know, Gog and Magog is mentioned in the Bible. And Gog and Magog, you know where it's located? It's right there around Iran and Russia and that area right through there. And that's where Gog and Magog was located. And in, in, in the biblical sense of it is located right there in that area. And according to the scriptures, the prophecies, that what the, what the prophet saw was like rockets coming up and all of a sudden coming down and falling down upon those that were sending them to deliver terror and death to God's people. Now listen, God, God's in charge of things. I don't know about you, but how many remember when the Six-Day War took place? 1967? And all those tanks of uh, Egypt and Syria and all those places? I, I mean, they six days Israel defeated them all. Six days they were all defeated. Taken care of. Six days. My goodness. There were, and there were stories that came out of those Israeli soldiers and some of those uh, heathens <laughs> that they defeated. They saw things. You know what they were seeing? In the spirit realm. They were seeing in the spirit realm is what they were seeing. But they saw the angelic beings helping the Israelis. 
God's on their side. If God be for them, who can be against them? But listen, that was supernatural what took place in six days. I heard one story come out that one of the soldiers uh, said he, he just felt a, a mighty strength come up in him, you know. And, and he just rose up and took care of some of the enemy that was right there on him. And the supernatural things can happen like that. As they were, they, were, they were revealing what was taking place, God was with them. God's still with us. Hallelujah. God has not forsaken us. Can you say amen? Now, but we do know that God's going to keep his word. Israel was birthed by God. God will never forsake her. And God's never forsaken her. Abraham is the father of Israel, by the way. Abraham. Israel wasn't formed. Israel wasn't actually made a nation until Abraham left the country where he was living. And he got out of that country, left his father, and went and come across. And God said, lift up your eyes and look and behold all the land and all the borders that God showed him that day. It's yours and for your people. It's yours. See, God, God established the boundaries. Man doesn't establish boundaries. God does. Only God can establish the boundaries. And God established the boundaries for Israel way back there. Those Israels have been expanded now. Six-day war, that expansion took place. I mean, they were just a little, if you saw them on a map, probably just your fingernail, you know, of them on the map where they were, but then all of a sudden it spread out a little bit in, six, in a six-day war. You know what's going to happen later? It's going to expand more. Because those boundaries belong to them because God gave them the boundaries. God established those boundaries years ago. And those boundaries have not been taken back by God. God is going to still do what he said he would do. And we're going to see some more boundaries established. But what's going to happen is we know that God's doing some great things. Amen? And, and, and to your descendants, he taught, said in Genesis 12, 7, to your descendants I'll give this land. This land to the descendants of Abraham. And Israel's disobedience and rebellion, of course, Israel was dispersed throughout the, throughout the whole world, you know, through, through their rebellion and through the years of rebellion. And things. Israelis were just dispersed everywhere. But did you know what? Something happened for a man in Germany named Adolf Hitler to fear the Jews. Now, what, what would cause a man to fear the Jews. Because somewhere down the line he had heard what God had done for those Jews. And he had heard what power he had manifested for them. And he was afraid. And that's when they began to gather up all of the Jewish descendants and people there, there in, in the region, in the area there of Germany. And they hauled them off. And they gassed them. And killed them by the thousands. The Holocaust is what we call it. This should never have happened. Our nation should have never turned their back on those Jewish people. I'm telling you, God's going to hold, well, some of them don't want to be with the Lord, but they're held accountable for their, for their leadership and what they did because the Bible said, you're going to bless my people, I'll bless you. And we need to be, we want to be blessed of the Lord. Amen? But I'll tell you something, throughout all of that, God has rebirthed Israel. He's rebirthed Israel. 1948, they became a state, a nation. 1948, I don't remember it. I was born in 1947, but I don't remember that. But I remember them telling me about it, and I read about it later and got all the history on it. 1948, they became a nation. God gave them some land, little bitty spot. You know what? Little is much when God is in it. Somebody said, well, I, have you been healed? Well, I got just a, a little touch from the Lord, but hey, that's a, praise God for that little touch because that's a big thing because you know what? That big thing is going to expand. And listen, when God touches something and God blessed Israel, it was just a little spot there that God gave them or they were given. But I'm telling you, God said, I want you to expand to some more boundaries. It's my boundaries for you. And he did that. Stories. I mean, you can read the history of it in newspaper articles and everything else, you know, but uh, I'm telling you, some, some fantastic things happened that was amazing that 
just baffle people's minds on how God protected that little country and God gave them victory supernaturally over the enemies that was coming against them. God's not done yet. They don't still have all the boundaries yet. But God said, I establish the boundaries. And God is establishing the boundaries. Amen? And God's doing what he said he would do. The Nazi Germany tried to exterminate them. But you know, that didn't work. You can't exterminate God's people. <laughs> Somebody's going to be raised up. Amen. Ezekiel, he said, Jesus, the Lord said, prophesy to them. And tell them bones to come together. Prophesy. Prophesy the word of the Lord. You know what? You know what, where revivals get started? When a bold minister begins to speak forth the word of God and revelation word of the Lord and begins to speak it forth and it becomes a prophetic anointing upon it for the hearers and what all, all of a sudden God begins to move supernaturally and do the thing that he has spoken and he's promised. Listen, I'm not going to give up till I get everything God promised me. And I don't want you to give up till God's given you everything God's promised you. And don't give up on our church. And don't give up on people. Praise God. And listen, people's going to come and go. I want to tell you something. God's word never changes. God's word never fails. And we're serving that God today that's going to do what he said he would do. Praise God. And, uh, of course, the rebirth of Israel, it happened in 1948, as I said. And thank God for that. It's one of the most significant things. On May 14th, actually, 1948, in Tel Aviv, uh, David Ben-Gurion became the state, uh, proclaimed the state of Israel, establishing the first Jewish state in 2,000 years, and he became Israel's first premier. Now, you know, I can remember that, because even, I was born in 1947, but after I got up in my little years, five, six years old, I remember Ben-Gurion's name, you know. You could, you, they, everybody was voicing around and talking, but never before has a race of people been without a homeland for so long without assimilating in the surrounding population. Listen, Israel has become a nation of its own. God's blessed them. God's protected them. God's doing what he said he would do. And the rebirth of Israel is all part of that. And, and uh, look at Genesis 17, 8. This is God talking to Abraham. He said, I give all this land of Canaan to you and to all your offspring forever. Forever. Everybody say forever. God does it forever. When God speaks something and promises you something, he doesn't take it back. If a promise doesn't get fulfilled in our lives, it's not because God took it back. It's because we didn't walk in God's word and walk according to God's plan and according to his will and what he wanted us to do. But if we'll get in, the, if we'll get in pace with God and in step with the Lord and, and walk with him and obey him and do all that God tells us, We'll see the blessings of God flow in our life and what God wants to do. Amen? Listen. He said he'd do it to the offspring forever. That's exactly what happened. Happened, And the uh, Bible also foretold the exact year in which this would happen. The restoration of Israel. Primary sign of the end of the age. And Jesus said this generation that witnessed this event would also witness his return. That's what God said. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 34. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Hallelujah. We got a word from the Lord. This generation. What generation? We're that generation. We're seeing these things happen. We're seeing it happen. Shall not pass away till all these things take place. And uh, there, there's seven events I just want to just give them off to you real quickly. Number one, the gathering of the Jews into their homeland. That's, that's the first step God began to do. The next one was the rebirth of Israel in a single day. 
1948, a single day, just like that, they became a nation recognized by the entire world at that time. They, they, they weren't recognized by the atheistic countries and those of that nature. They didn't want to recognize that, but they were recognized as, as part, of the, uh, part of the world. And then Israel got possession of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Somebody said, what, that, what difference does that make? Because that's where the temple is. That temple is going to be very vital and very important in the coming days. But that temple is there. And the nations of the earth aligned against Israel. I'll tell you what. Israel's been through it. They've been kind of stepping out there and thank God the United States has been, been an ally with them for all these times, all these years. Most of the time. I'm not saying all the time we have been like we should have been. Because we weren't there back then, but I mean, I can you can read history and see what happened. But listen, the nations of this earth aligned against Israel. The war of Gog and Magog is coming up. The war of Gog and Magog. That's what I was talking about in Ezekiel 36, 37. That's got that's a futuristic event that's going to take place. Prophesy to these bones. They're going to come forth and come become alive again. Gog and Magog. And uh, uh, they say that the prophecies prophecies say that. That uh, it's, they, they don't describe it as this, but it's like uh, missiles coming up and falling back down on them. The ones that blew, uh, uh, sent them over to Israel that would destroy them. And that's what's going to happen. That those things are going to come back and just come fall back down on them. But God's resurrecting Israel. Israel. Praise God. God's doing it. And thank God. Listen, they're still part of the end time. The church is part of the end time. And that's why we want to pray for Israel. We want to always hold up Israel, amen? But Israel was, a, was just, it's been an object of scorn in these last days. And, but thank God the rebirth has happened. And I, I, wanna, I want you to look at something down uh, the road here. Now, the last days, Russia and a coalition of nations have, uh, Muslim nations have got a coalition against Israel now. Listen, what's happening today in the news and what's happening around the world is nothing new to God. He knew it was all going to happen before it ever started happening. But God just wants us to know God has our back. God's in charge. Jesus is still Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. And so why is all this important to us, the restoration of Israel? Because Jesus gave a parable in Matthew 24, 32 and 35. He said, well, learn a lesson from the fig tree when its buds become tender and its leaves begin to sprout. You know without being told that summer's near. Just so when you see the events I described beginning to happen, you can know his return is near. And Jesus was using that fig tree as an example. He said, right at the door, and I assure you, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear but my words will remain forever. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will remain forever. Jesus said that in Matthew 24. And that is what he's in reference to when, when he, he, the fig tree. And it's been six decades in central Israel was declared a nation. Six decades, 60 years. Doesn't seem that long, does it? Well, I guess it does. But six, it's six decades since Israel was declared a nation against all these odds and promised that this generation uh, witnessed the fulfillment of this prophecy would not die off until all the things which he told. See, this, this generation that saw this, they won't all die off until it's fulfilled. There's some that's going to see it. Hallelujah! And you know what? Some of us are going to see the move of God we have seen prophesied and heard prophesied over and over again. We're going to see it again. God's going to do it again. I said God's going to do it again. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I want to get in that place where God is going to be. And God's going to do what he said he would do. But thank God we have the victory in Jesus' name. But listen, I just wanted to kind of give these timetables and events for us today. And oh, the one, the, the one after the war of Gog and Magog is the rebuilding of the Jewish temple, by the way. And the next peace treaty 
The next big peace treaty is going to be where they allow the temple to be used for worship. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? But it's also going to be the generation that sees the Antichrist offer the pig on the altar in the temple. That's going to happen according to the prophet, prophetic words and the prophecies of God. But you see, in all of that, that's where God's going to say, enough's enough. Enough's enough. And the Lord's going to take care of the whole situation because Jesus is Lord. I said, Jesus is Lord. We're victorious in the name of the Lord. This is just the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. But these things are things we need to be watching, listening for, and looking at, and seeing what God is saying, because God is not done yet. Amen. Hallelujah. God's not done yet. Now, I'm not one of these that get off into just teaching and preaching on Israel all the time, you know. But at the same time, because we need to understand that God is God. He's redeemed us. He's purchased us. He's bought us. He's made provisions for us, healing for us, uh, uh, emotional healing for us, financial healings for us. God's done all of these things for us, but we need to understand that God's still going to keep his timetable. One of the promises he made to us, he told the disciples, I will come again. I will come again. And I want to tell you something. Jesus is going to come again. Hallelujah. He's coming. He's coming. Turn to somebody and say, he's coming. He's coming. Hallelujah. How many ever had company coming you had not seen in a while? And you scurried around the house. Get everything off. I know when just Molly was coming. I say just Molly. Molly don't go. Don't think that long. But, but, you know, but, but, you know, when Molly came, Pat was just scurrying around. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. I said, it's just Molly. But it's special. It's special. And you know, we need to understand, Jesus is coming. That's not just a cliche. That's not just something that's religious. That's just not something that we say out of our mouth to be religious and to look smart. No. We need to understand that when we say Jesus is coming soon, we need to understand it's going to be a physical return as well as the spiritual taking away of the church at the timing when God has for that. Amen? We're, I don't know. We're going to get into some things, but uh, hang on. Don't give up on me. Because I still believe in the catching away of the church. I still believe in all of this. But you know, so many people, uh, I've heard so many prophecies, and, and uh, some people call me, Brother Harrison, did you hear this prophet, what he said? I said, what did he say? He said, oh, we're going to have a great revival in America. God's going to restore all this stuff back to us, all our monies and all. I said, you know, that's called materialism. Mm-hmm. Number one, God will never forsake us or leave us. He'll supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But I'm not going to go preach a message to get people to flock into my church and fill the pews because they're going to get rich. Because that wealth is going to burn up. It's not going to go to heaven with them. Amen. But the thing we need to understand, our wealth is put on the other side. But at the same time, while we're here, God said he would supply abundantly for us and do everything in abundance for us. And I do believe in that. Amen. Praise God. But I tell you what, uh, I don't know. Someone said, well, America's not shown in the Bible and America... America is the uh, one that's gonna that's gonna be the savior of it. No, 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 no. God don't need America. He's got it all lined out Himself. It would be good if America would align Himself with Israel and stay aligned with Israel. But that's the important thing. But you know what? God is going to do it regardless. There's antichrist spirits working in our nation today. They're boldly declaring, we don't need God. We don't need all this religious stuff. You know, let's, let's just do it our way. I mean, they're just defying the things of God. 
I won't get into all that, but uh, you know, the systems of our school system, our political systems, our state governments, there's all, there's, a, there, there, there's an embedding of anti-God uh, principles that are there. I mean, we're seeing it all over. Our nation is in a mess. When little kids can determine whether they want to be a boy or a girl. We're, we're, we're in trouble in this nation. And you know what? I'm not blaming the child because they're raised up to believe what they hear. And that's why it's adult responsibility. But you see, we, most of the time we don't have enough adults raising kids. <laughs> we got to get some of these adults to grow up. And then we can get God's word working and moving mightily. Amen. Thank God. I tell you what, I applaud Terry. Terry, every time I see those kids come in that door back there, I, I tell you, they're getting the word. Pat told me the other day, she said, boy, they, they're just getting on this thing. They're memorizing their scriptures, and they're, they're doing this and doing that. I said, praise God. But that, it's not all from back there. It's all from up there, too. And at home, you know, where, where she's got them sometimes, and, uh, and uh, a lot of times. Amen. But God's going to bless it. God's going to use it. Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe Jesus is coming? Sometimes we just need to get some information. Amen. But we're, 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 we're living in the end of the end as far as what we know is our society and what we have going for us. Somebody said, Brother Ferris, do you believe that we'll go through tribulation? I don't know people have been in tribulation before. There's countries... Christians have been in great tribulation before. And I, I don't know what you think exempts America from it. You know, really, I don't really know. There's no scripture to back that, that we're exempt from it. Because America as a whole has backslid. Israel as a whole backslid. God brought judgment upon them. But you know what? Thank God for the ones that are still here that still believe. I believe it's the remnant that's here that's still holding off the powers of darkness. And one day, this remnant's going to be gone, and there won't be nobody holding back the powers of darkness for this nation. But you know what? We're going to come back to the Lord, and we're going to return with Him, and we're going to rule and reign with Him on the new earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We just thank you that your word's true. Lord, just let it just rise in our hearts today. God, all that you've given us and what you've done for us in Jesus' name. Father, we just give you praise for it. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God is so good, isn't he? Let's sing that little chorus one more time that we sang earlier.
listening to their feet. We'll be back here tonight at 6 if you want to join us. We're always here. Strong, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just let your peace and joy rule in our hearts.